good day, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you're streaming, where, you, where you're watching this uh, lesson from, or when you might be watching this lesson. We are grateful that you have chosen to align yourself with this particular word fast. I'm excited. Why am I excited? Because we have over 400 people who have said yes to this word fast, and we've only really marketed it or advertised it for over a week. I'm glad. Why am I excited? Why am I glad? Because we have people, we have family, we have friends who are tuning in, who have signed up to this word fast from Trinidad, from South Africa, from Kenya, from Japan, and through the United States of America. We have people who are part of this fast. Why? Because you have been sharing the word. You have been telling others about what God is doing through you and what you're committed to doing, and it is influencing other people. I am sitting on a word today that is dealing with the subject of complaining, and we must deal with this because the first week of our fast is dealing with learning how to silence word cursings because I need to help you to learn how to shift things in your life because God has some things he wants to do, he needs to do, and he begins with what's taking place in your mouth. Oh, I'm so excited. Let me pray with you after I remind you that in just a few hours at two o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time for 30 minutes, we're going to gather on our Zoom conference call so that we can see one another, so that we can talk to one another, so we can ask questions and also receive answers because we all are coming from different places and it's great to share some experiences and testimonies. So please join me somewhere in the comment section on Facebook, YouTube, or even, yeah, Facebook or YouTube, you will find the information so that you can join us if you so desire. Somebody say amen. Let me pray with you. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love and for your power, your grace and your mercy. You have a word for us on today. Help us to silence the noise. Help us to silence every distraction. Lord, let the meditation of our hearts and the word that we produce out of our mouths be pleasing and a sweet smell of aroma unto your nostrils. God, we bless you today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm praying a, a powerful blessing on the lives of those of you, my friends, who are tuning in right now. I ask you to join me at Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14, I'm going to read verses 1 through 4 and verses 10 and 11. Uh, if you were here on day 2, um, you might find some of this language very similar, but we're going to approach it from a different perspective and vantage point. There you will find words similar to these. It says, then the entire community, the entire community began to weep and cry aloud. And they cried all night long. Their voices, the Bible says, rose in a great chorus of protest. They, it rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and against Aaron. And this is what they said. If 
only we had died in Egypt or even here inside the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return back to bondage in Egypt? Then they plotted, the Bible says, among themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back to struggling, go back to mediocrity, go back to playing it safe, going back to hurt. He, they said, let's go back to Egypt. And in verse 10, we, we fast forward, it says, but the entire community, the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb, then the glory of God, the glorious presence of God or the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all of the Israelites at the tabernacle. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe in me? Even after all of the miraculous signs I have done before them, the miraculous signs, you know, when he allowed them to cross through the Red Sea and didn't get wet, the, the miraculous signs, having manna come from heaven, having quail come from heaven, having water coming from a rock, and neither at this time did they ever hunger or ever thirst, or they were never in danger because God protected them. And he is saying, why is it that they're still not believing in me? And all of God's people said, amen. Now, the tragic thing about the text today is that we deal with a subject about complaining. And I know you think you know where I'm going, but I want you to be attentive. Because what's particularly powerful about complaining and about the children of Israel is that when you begin to read their narrative, read their story, you begin to understand that at every critical juncture of their life. At every moment, at every big moment of their life, when God was trying to do something powerful, when God was trying to show his presence, when God was trying to show his glory, at every critical juncture of their lives, they filled the atmosphere with complaining. I need you to pay attention to this. At every moment God was trying to do something in their lives, they filled the atmosphere with complaining and the complaining nearly and many times complaining sabotaged what God was trying to do. They complained. What do you mean that at every critical juncture? Okay. In Exodus chapter 14, day two, we talked about this. Just be quiet and be quiet, please. But in Exodus chapter 14, before they crossed the Red Sea, they were afraid of Pharaoh and they began to complain to Moses. They, they, they began to complain before they crossed the Jordan River. But even after they crossed the Jordan River in Exodus chapter uh, 16, after they crossed the Jordan River, they became hungry. And when they became hungry, they began to complain. They complained before they crossed the Jordan River. They complained after God performed a miracle and made the Red Sea part. And when they got to the other side of the Red Sea, they, they became hungry. And then they began to they began to complain. But even if you fast forward years after that, when Moses was at Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter 32, and he was up in the mountain, 
receiving a word from the Lord so that the word of the Lord can be given to the people. But the problem is he was taking too long in God's presence. And because he was taking too long, they became uh, impatient. And because they were impatient, they began to complain at every critical juncture. Before the Red Sea, after the Red Sea, when God was giving them the Ten Commandments, they began to complain. And even now, in Numbers chapter 14, we fast forward from Exodus chapter uh, 32, when they were at the Mount Sinai. But in Numbers chapter 14, God, or Numbers chapter 13, God sent 12 spies to look out at the Promised Land, the, the Canaan Land, and they were going to go and scout out the land before they occupied the territory that God had for them. God had a promise for them, but they expected not to have to fight for what God was going to give them. They were spoiled, right? But get this. So in, in Numbers chapter 14, they discovered that they had to go and face the giants. And then they became so afraid, they were filled with Fear, and the Bible says something very critical. The Bible says that a chorus of voices, they shouted and cried together, why are we going here? Let us go back to Egypt. They began to complain to Moses in Numbers chapter 14 again. There are three critical things that we discover about complaining and the spirit of complaining that is revealed in Numbers chapter 14 and also revealed when you begin to examine the life of the Israelites. Three critical things that God wants me to give to you that you need to understand and become familiar with when it comes to complaining. Number one, complaining is more generational than it is situational. Don't miss this because this is a word from on high and we had to get straight into the word. Complaining is more generational than it is situational. Isaac, explain that for me. I, it sounds good, but I don't know what you're, what you're saying. This means complaining has more to do with a learned behavior than natural isolated responses to an unfortunate event. Let me say it again. What this means is complaining has more to do with a learned behavior than a natural, isolated response to an unfortunate situation. An unfortunate situation happens and I complain. No, no. Complaining has more to do with, um, it's more generational than it is situational. Explain it more. A complaint, everybody get this. A complaint is acknowledging that there is a problem somewhere. It is acknowledging a dissatisfaction about something. A complaint, a simple complaint is saying that I'm not satisfied with something that just took place. But complaining or the act of complaining is when you begin to make an idol out of the very thing that you have a problem with. Let me, let me press rewind. Now let me press play. A complaint is when you are dissatisfied with some particular thing. 
It's a complaint is acknowledging that there is a problem. It's okay. I I need to I need to create a complaint. I need to make a complaint a complaint so that you know that something isn't right. But I'm not talking about a complaint. I'm talking about complaining. I'm talking about the spirit of complaining and complaining is when you begin to make an idol out of a problem that you may have. Why do I say an idol? You begin to make an idol out of the problem because now whatever that problem is, it's always on your mind and it's always on your lips. And the last time I checked in Joshua chapter one, verse eight, God tells Joshua, The only thing that should always be on your mind, the only thing that should always be on your lips is the word of God. He says, study the word of God day and night. Let it not depart from your lips. And the problem is the reason why we continue to complain is because we are making an idol out of whatever the problem is. I have something to share with you. But you're saying, but but someone's asking, someone said, but you said, that complaining is more generational than it is situational. Think about this. In Exodus chapter 14, in Exodus chapter 16, in Exodus chapter 32, many years had passed by between those passages. It's not the same group of people who are complaining. It's the parents of the people who were complaining in Exodus 14. But you might not believe me. So let's look at it like this. In Numbers chapter 14, verse 29, you can read this for your homework. God got so mad at the people because they were complaining. He told Moses in in Numbers chapter 14, verse 29, he says to Moses, everybody who is at the age of 20 and above, they're going to drop dead and die in this wilderness right now because of their complaining, because they don't believe in me. That's what he says in Numbers chapter 14, verse 29. But when you read Numbers chapter 20, verse 3, 20, verse 3, what you will discover is that the people of God are hungry or they're thirsty. And so as a result, they begin to complain. And in Numbers chapter 20, verse 3, they have the audacity to utter the words, we should have died in the presence of God with our brothers in the wilderness. What are you saying to me? In Numbers chapter 20, There is a group, a congregation, a chorus of people who are complaining to God. But here is the thing. The same people who are complaining, the people who are complaining in Numbers chapter 20 are not the same people who are complaining here in Numbers chapter 14. It is the children of those parents who were complaining, who are now complaining. And complaining can become a generational behavior, a generational decision, a generational habit that is passed down to you because it is learned. You learned how to complain from somebody you are around. Okay, time is is ticking, so I got to get straight to the point. The second thing is this. Not only is complaining generational rather than situational, but complaining is more communal than it is individual. Complaining is more communal than it is um, individual. It's more communal than it is um, individual. What do you mean? Complaining is contagious. Everybody get this? When you complain, it is contagious. By that, I mean complaining is a jumping spirit. 
It is a spirit that jumps. Complaining is contagious. I I want to bid to you that complaining is something that is shared rather than it being individualized. Complaining is very rarely just one person. Very rarely will you find complaining being relegated to one person. And the text supports my position. The Bible says, it says, then the whole community, some translation says the congregation began weeping aloud and they cried all night. And this is the most powerful verse of the day. It says their voices rose in a great chorus, a great chorus of complaints came forth, a great chorus of complaints. Not just one person coming to Moses saying, I have a complaint with you, Moses. It is an entire chorus of complaints, which means that a lot of people have come together and they're complaining together. Why? Because complaining very rarely has to do with one person, but it usually is multiple people. It grows because there is a spirit that jumps and it is contagious. A chorus requires choreography. Think about your, think about the choir. Think about the choir. Think about a chorus on a song. You don't just do it. You, it, it requires choreography. It requires us coming together and get this. A chorus requires choreography. Choreography requires practice. Practice requires scheduling time so that you can become better at your craft. Everybody, y'all, y'all, listen. And so, therefore, practice produces habits, and habits form habitats. Habitats create lifestyles, and lifestyles create homes to live in. The reason why, or when complaining begins to feel more like home to you, then you arrive to a point in your life where you no longer recognize that you complain. When you arrive to a point in your life, because right now you probably said to, you're saying to me or to somebody else, this doesn't apply to me. I don't have a problem with complaining. And if somebody were a fly on the wall and listen to how you talk at work or listen when somebody says no to you, when you don't get your way or how you handle your marriage or your relationships, I promise you somebody else might beg to differ. <laughs> somebody say, you need to say it again. Chorus requires choreography. Choreography requires practice. Practice practice, uh, produces habits. Habits form habitats. Habitats create lifestyles and lifestyles develop homes. And homes, whenever complaining begins to feel like home, you're in a bad place. When complaining begins to feel like home, then you no longer recognize that you complain all the time. The last thing is this, and I bid you a good day. Complaining is more spiritual than it is natural. I bless you with that. Complaining, it is more spiritual than it is natural. Complaining has very little to do with what takes place in the natural. It has everything to to do with what is not taking place in the spiritual. That may go over your head. You might need to write that down and ask the Lord to talk to you a little more about that. I say it one more time. Complaining has very little to do with what's taking place in the natural. 
Complaining has everything to do with what is not taking place in the spiritual. When you, when, when you are not spending time in the presence of the Lord, complaining is, can easily overtake you. But the closer you get to God, the more he will convict your spirit of complaining. Because your complaining can keep you from accessing newer levels in the spirit. It is impossible to grow closer to the Lord and to continue to complain the way you do. And most of us continue to complain because our spiritual lives are stagnant. You cannot grow closer to God and also continue to have a spirit of complaining. The desert complaint department, this is what they did. I leave you with this question. If complaining is a learned behavior, what kind of behavior are you teaching those who are in close proximity to you? What are you teaching your friends, your family, your children, your neighbors, your strangers? If complaining is a learned behavior, then what kind of behavior are you teaching those who love you or those who don't love you? And in every critical juncture of their lives, they uh, they filled the atmosphere with complaining. And so I ask you this. What kind of atmosphere are you creating around you every day? That's the question. Because you need to learn how to shift your atmosphere. Your atmosphere has too much complaining in it. Lord, I pray right now that every ear that is listening, that you reveal to us our blind spots and wherever there is a spirit of complaining, we learn and we want to learn how to bind it right now. Shut our mouths until we learn how to be grateful. Shut our mouths until we learn how to speak against complaining. Lord, we want to trust in you and in your providence. We love you today. In the name of Jesus, we love you. Amen. You all have a wonderful, wonderful day. Peace. Tomorrow, for those of you who are streaming and with me, tomorrow, Sunday, we gather again, but we gather at 935, the same place. Peace.